Well, hello, everyone. My name is Jared Causey, and you are listening to Causey's Conversations. So this is my first podcast uh, on through this channel. Um, as some of you may or may not know, I have previously worked on a podcast before with my friend, good friend, and brother in Christ, Jamie Alford. And so that's, uh, we used to do a podcast called Confessional uh, Causality. And since moving to Fort Worth, I uh, we had to stop doing that for time's sake. And it's just kind of tough to do that on a weekly basis when you're living that far apart, unfortunately. So, but um, hopefully we get to have him here on this show eventually because uh, I think uh, he could be on here maybe once or whenever. I mean, he's more than welcome to come on whenever, to be honest, because I uh, enjoy doing that kind of stuff with Jamie. So, But anyway, for now, this is a solo project that I'm doing um, just uh, out of fun, just because I enjoy actually just have, kind of having conversations and stuff like that about different podcasts uh, or about different topics uh, that are good for podcasting. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into different topics that you may or may not be interested in. Not everyone's going to enjoy talking about theology or even politics or socio-economic uh, topics or whatever. So, but either way, it's um, I think this will be fun. It's you know it's fun to me, but maybe not to everyone. Not not fun for everyone to listen to. So if you don't like it, you know that's all good. I mean, no no harm, no foul. You know, I completely understand, but. Uh, I think I think podcasts like this are good just to have um, kind of an open dialogue about certain things. You know, not necessarily that me and a listener are necessarily having a conversation about something, but it's just the fact that we are engaging in a topic. I'm talking obviously about the topic, whatever it is, and you, the listener, can continue the conversation on your end. You can either you can contact me directly, or you can talk to your friends about it, whatever. So you know. We're not necessarily having the classic conversation that we humans are normally used to. You know, I'm not like sitting in a coffee shop with you talking about whatever it is. But at the same time, we're still having a conversation. There's definitely a communication, uh, communicating going on at this time. So maybe not in a, the usual way, though. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm excited about this, and I'm excited about the Lord, how the Lord will use it. And, you know, if if I completely fail at this and uh, do a bad job with the sound or whatever, because I honestly don't have that great of equipment, to be uh, frank, you know, uh, hopefully, despite all that, the Lord will still use it, and He can if He desires to, for sure. So, anyway, today I just want to start off by just kind of talking a little bit about myself and um, for a very small portion of this, and then I wanted to go on to just a general uh, kind of a general conversation about what this podcast is going to be about, kind of some of the different topics we're going to be going through. And then I'm going to end this conversation with a excerpt from uh, early church father uh, in, uh, regarding a story, a testimony about a uh, little girl that um, was a believer uh, in the early, I believe it was the second century, I believe. We'll, we'll check that out in just a second, the exact date, but... Uh, we'll talk about that later, about her story, about how she died for the sake of the gospel, and what we can learn from her life and death. And honestly, this testimony puts me to shame in a way um, like uh, very very few testimonies will. So anyway, uh, to, to get it started, though, um, like I said, this is Causey's Conversations, and um, 
you know, uh, I my name is Jared. Um, I have um, been living in Fort Worth, Texas, for about a year now. I go to Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I live here on campus with my lovely wife, Amy. Her maiden name is is Harrington, but her name is now Causey, Amy Causey, and she's here. She's a engineer, mechanical engineer at Texas Department of Transportation. So she's doing a good job there. She just got that job in August, early August. So I'm very proud of her. It's her kind of her dream job, actually. So it's really cool that the Lord has blessed us, or blessed her specifically with her dream job uh, like that. I mean, it's really cool that God provided that way. And we're just so thankful for that. And we don't take it for granted, but, you know, uh, she's working really hard. And I'm just really proud of her, what she's doing there at uh, Texas Department of Transportation. And uh, she's just being a great wife, and we're learning a lot together. And she's being very patient with me as I'm going through school now. And I'm sure those of you that are wives, your, your husband is going through school or something like that. And, you know, that's tough. That really is. And I've learned that, you know, Amy has to deal with, you know, like me going off studying you know, going into my office or whatever, studying, and, and sometimes that can, you know, limit time together, but thankfully we've been able to manage that very well, I think, and, um, you know, as we continue to grow, we'll, you know, continue to check up on each other and make sure, hey, we're we're handling things the way we need to, so I'm very thankful for her, what she's doing there, and i um, very glad that she's here with me now. We spent, I think, I guess like a, almost a year, almost a year, um, separated for, um, you know, uh, she was living in Sulphur, going, uh, finishing up her school at McNeese, and I was um, here in uh, Southwestern uh, for, for last year, and then we got married in June, so now now we're together, so June 22nd, it's been three months already, wow, it's crazy, but I'm uh, very thankful, and uh, just really excited, and cherish these memories that we've made together so far, so um, uh, as I said, I'm at Southwestern. I'm, I'm studying uh, the MDiv program, the Master's of Divinity program here. Uh, my concentration is preaching. I'm probably going to change that, to be honest, here shortly. It doesn't really make that much of a difference, but I'm probably going to change it just to because um, I want to kind of have a broad range of classes I can take. I'm going to take more Greek classes, and I won't be able to do that when I'm uh, in the preaching um, uh, concentration there, so I'll be limited a little bit. So excited about continuing seminary. This semester has been fun so far. I'm taking New Testament 1. I'm going through the Gospels. So New Testament 1 goes through the Gospels. New Testament 2, New Testament 2 goes through um, uh, Acts all the way through, I believe, um, prison epistles, I believe. Uh, goes through all the way over there. So Philemon, I think, is the last one. I believe. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and then New Testament 3 goes through the rest of the Bible. So like that's like... Um, all the way to you know Revelation first, uh, second, and third John, the Peters. Um, I, I'm I'm just drawing a blank on the rest of them, but so uh, we're um, I'm doing that in New Testament one, taking Dr. Jim Wicker. Um, he's a great professor, very great guy, pastoral man, and um, he uh, has a lot of great illustrations, of course. So as a good pastor, you know he he knows how to implement illustrations, and then um, taking. Church history, which is really cool. I'm, I'm really loving that. The professor is very passionate about it. Not that my other professors aren't, but he is just, there's just his personality combined with his love for church history. It's just really cool. And his love for the gospel. Like, it's really cool to hear him talk about the gospel in retrospect, in relationship uh, with church history. So, we're going through different topics there. And honestly, what I'm going to share with you later on in this episode is going to be 
from that class. So um, excited about that. And then um, I'm taking Greek three, so that's a real fun, very very fun fun uh, class to take. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed it so far. It's been a very um, very challenging, probably the most challenging part of um, of my uh, class classroom work there. But you know, it's just been really fun. It's my favorite, probably just because it is so challenging, and we get to. Um, we just get to delve into the original language of the New Testament. I mean, what more would you want to do? I mean, just to me, a lot of people don't like it. I get why, because it really is tough, and it's just, it really is it's hard. But I think it's so worth it, in my humble opinion, you know, to go through that. So um, if you can hear the pages rumbling, that's me trying to get to the um, to that story. I just want to get it ready for us. But just uh, if you hear the, uh, the that sound, I just want to make sure you know what that is. Okay, I see. Yeah. Um, okay. So I um, I'm taking Greek three as well. Like I said, we have our first test on Wednesday, so that's going to be fun. Really looking forward to that. Um, have a few study days going on coming up Monday and Tuesday night with the group. So gotta get ready for that. And then um, so that's that's the class I'm taking. I'm about two years in. Um, have about two years left or so. Looking to possibly get my TA, the THM, go through the THM program, which is kind of the bridge from the MDiv to the PhD. So I'm going to go through that. Hopefully, hopefully we'll do well in that. Um, and if the Lord sees fit, I'll continue on to get my PhD. So I don't know if that's going to happen. Still, you know, just a long ways to go. I'm, I'm finishing the MDiv. I want to focus on that before I get to PhD, obviously, but. It's just thinking ahead, you know. It just—it's good to do that at times. And so, you know, one thing, you know, speaking of seminary, that a lot of people um, say—I I hear a lot of people say seminary is useless, or you know, we shouldn't expect pastors to go to seminary. And um, the, those are two different kind of two different complaints. There are two different comments. The first comment being, you know, uh, seminary is useless. So I, I disagree with that. Um, Personally, and in my experience, and this is from experience, I mean, all of this is, so, um, seminary is a very great tool that God has used in the past and still continues to, to this day, to further the kingdom and to educate young pastors and theologians and scholars. So, if, um, if Bible-believing conservative evangelicals do not have um, seminaries for students. Um, the the culture, uh, the the liberal culture that we live in in America, and overseas and whatnot, they're going to have seminaries for students. So how how should we educate? Should we be should we desire to educate students from a conservative? Bible-believing, inerrantist perspective, should we? I think we should, because um, I believe that's the truth. I think inerrancy is, is truth, truthful. Um, it is right. It's good. Um, I think it's not essential necessarily to be a believer. Um, you don't have to, to believe in inerrancy to be a Christian necessarily, but I think if you don't believe in inerrancy, you have a lot of issues that you will face in your Christian walk, I mean, we all face issues uh, for sure, but you'll face uh, different types of issues that I think are problematic to 
to one's theology and uh, just the Christian life in general. It's going to be really hard, I think, in some ways to follow Christ in in certain aspects. But, you know, seminary is, if, if Bible-believing Christians are not going to have these seminaries for students and from a conservative perspective, then these students are going to go somewhere else. And a lot of them aren't going to go to these conservative seminaries. They're going to go... Um, they're, they're not going to go to a conservative source if there's no seminaries. They're not going to go to the church, or they're not going to go to a pastor. They're going to go to another school. And it might, might be like Truett. Truett is Baylor's seminary. And if you go there, you'll find out real quick. I mean, right down the road from here, TCU, um, the Bright School of Divinity. There's a nickname for it. We, we call it here not the not-so-bright School of Divinity. Um, and I don't mean to offend anyone, but... Um, just the theology that comes out of there is um, its very, very disheartening. And it really breaks my heart to hear what does come out of there. Um, now, maybe that's not true. But from what I've heard and the type of professors that they have there, it doesn't look good. It doesn't sound good. Uh, it does not sound like biblical Christianity. And um, students are going to go there. If they, we don't have schools like Southwestern. Now that's one point. That so if if we're going to say Southwestern is useless from a conservative perspective, I don't I don't think you can say that. Now not everyone's saying it's useless, but a lot of people are saying that we shouldn't expect pastors to go to seminary. Well, I I completely understand that you know um, that perspective. And in fact, I kind of agree with it to a degree. Um, not not completely, but I do understand it. However, um, every pastor should be trained. Every pastor should be trained to preach the word, to pastor a church, shepherd the church, to learn how to minister to God's people. And that takes a lot of preparation. That takes a lot of training. And I think that's important. So if we're going to say that we expect pastors, we don't expect pastors to go to seminary, then we need to at least expect them to be theologically trained somehow. Well, you might say, well, let's, let's just send them to the church. Well, what church is going to train these, these young men and these women that are wanting to minister in other ways? I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the problem I see that comes up is, well, if we're not going to send them to seminary, where are we going to send them? Well, we've got to send them to other churches, but churches are, are not training pastors, as far as I know. Now, there might be other, there might be churches that are. I don't know. I've never heard of anyone, any churches really training uh, future pastors, future leaders, future miss, missionaries or youth pastors. You know, I just I don't see that. Worship leaders, I, I I don't see that whatsoever, unfortunately. So now we have these institutions that have been put in place, and yeah, this is not the perfect world. This is not a perfect world. But we have these institutions in place called seminary that help train these pastors, future leaders, to go and preach the word, to shepherd the church. And I think that's important. We need to have that to an extent. And, it, and especially, um, you know, churches are not going to be tasked to train future scholars necessarily. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's possible, I guess, but that shouldn't be the expectation. Uh, churches should be has to train pastors, but not necessarily, you know, uh, scholars. So, I mean, seminaries are, to some extent, useful, at the very least, for scholars. And we should expect, obviously, scholars to get 
What I mean by a scholar, I mean someone that is an expert in a particular specific area of biblical work. Now, I know I've heard people say, well, scholars the most, is the most useless job in the world. It is, it, you know, it's ridiculous. And I agree that some scholars probably are not really trained very well. They allow their presuppositions to get in the way of their, um, their actual scholarly work. But at the same time, I see the usefulness of scholars. I read about them. They explain things in ways that I could never dream of. I, I read what these folks say about any given topic, and they, they help in so many ways. Now, not every scholar is equal, and some scholars don't do a very good job of that. So, But anyway, I just wrote, that's kind of a little off topic, but I'm just, I'm real quick, I wanted to talk about seminary a little bit because I hear a lot of people complain about seminary, and that's okay. We all have our opinions about that. It's all good. If you, you don't think seminary is at all beneficial, that's okay. I mean, that's that's your opinion, and um, it's it's all good. I mean, that, that's perfectly fine. No, no offense there. I mean, I'm going to seminary. I pay a good bit to go to seminary, but that's not a big issue for me. It's just I wanted to clarify that with folks that are might be saying that seminary is either useless or we shouldn't expect pastors to be theologically trained. I just hope that in the future that churches will start training pastors to shepherd the you know their future church or that church that they will pastor at. I don't see that happening right now. Now, if it is, I mean, I'd be I would be glad to be pointed to that. Pointed pointed out to where that's that's happening. So All right. Well, um Real quick, let me go uh, into the, the portion of this episode that I wanted to get to about um, what this podcast is going to be about, what some of the things I'm going to be talking about, uh, why, why is it important to talk about these things. I, I definitely want to get into that. Um, first off, I want to say that this, this podcast is not a this is, this podcast is not a lecture. What I mean by that is this podcast is not me just sitting here telling you information and for you to figure out you know out what to do with that information and apply it to your life however you want to. I'm not here I'm not an expert at anything. I mean, I'm trying to learn about different things, but I'm not an expert. I'm not a genius and um, I I try to learn whenever I can and pass that on, but I'm, I'm certainly not fit to, to lecture anyone or to teach anyone at this point in time. I'm a student. I'm having a conversation with a listener. That's all I'm doing here is having a conversation. I'm giving you my opinion. I'm giving you what I believe and why. And hopefully I defend that well. Hopefully you listen and you understand and at least respect what I say. Now, part of being respectful is understanding that the you know person that's talking to you is doing so from a, a humble perspective, and that's very important. And so I'm going to try to be as humble, as gracious as I can to the other side, and you know, when I do talk about a different perspective of mine, try to represent it as best I can. Now, I don't always do that. I make mistakes. I, I'll admit that. And I'm, feel free to contact me and, and point to me, point out to me where I have gone wrong on that. Okay? So, um, but this podcast is a conversation about different topics. And one of those topics that I'm going to be talking about in a general sense. So this is a general topic. It's not specific. 
theology. I'm going to talk about different theological topics, ranging from um, baptism to the Lord's Supper to you know different topics, uh, even hotter topics. You know, certainly like you know maybe something like Calvinism. One one uh, episode or so. I'm not going to stay on that for much for for very long because I've uh, went through that a little bit on on the previous podcast I've been a part of. Um, maybe even go through the Reformation, talk a little bit about church history, uh, talk a little bit about um, philosophy and, and stuff like that. Um, now, I'm not the best person to give all this inf- information to talk about, so we're going to have guests on to talk about those things. For example, I have a brother, uh, he lives in Chicago right now, um, and um, he is ministering up there. His name, his name is Demiron Haynes. Uh, he is uh, just doing great work up there um, in Chicago. And uh, we're going to have him on, actually, uh, to talk about the local church um, and discipleship. Because um, we both have experience in the local church, but I want to hear from him. And I want him to to give me and the listener a different perspective than maybe we have. Um, Now, his perspective is probably not like that much different than mine. But, in fact, I'll probably agree with him on most of it, or if all of it. I don't know. I'm not sure what we'll what he'll say or you know exactly what our talking points will be yet, but he's going to come on and talk about that. So that's an example. Another example is we're going to have um, a good friend and brother in Christ, uh, Jacob Brenton, who I actually work with right now. He's going to be coming on to talk about um, social justice in the gospel. Now, he comes from a perspective that is probably not the most popular, I don't think, um, but I really appreciate his work. And I think he's done a lot of great things. Um, he, he thinks carefully about what he says and writes. Uh, and he does write. He, he writes a lot of articles. Um, and um, I, I'm really, really excited to have him on to talk about that. And I might not agree with everything he says either. But we're just going to have a conversation. We're going to talk about it. I'm not going to argue with him. It's not a debate podcast. It's not like a, you know, um, two guys getting together and arguing about a particular topic. This isn't what that's about. It's just about the um, the topic we're going to talk about, and we're discuss it. We're going to discuss discuss it very honestly and um, vulnerably. Um, I messed that word up, but you, you get the picture. Um, we're, we're we're just going to have a good time talking about these different topics. And um, I'll have my cousin on. He's going to talk about a little bit of politics from a different perspective than most people. And um, so we're, that's three or three right there that we're going to have on. Um, in the future, so those are those are some things we're going to do. I'm going to do a few. You know, I'm going to do some episodes solo. You know, I might do a few where I just go through a particular topic that I'm I'm passionate about or just want to talk about, and something that's necessary, something that I find that will be beneficial for the church. I might talk about um, I might talk about open theism uh, one day. You know, because open theism is um, a pretty popular belief. Believe it or not. In our culture, and um, a lot of folks that profess Christ believe in open theism, or they're open theists. I'll go through the different type of types of open theism, and uh, just uh, discuss some of those some of those issues there. And then, um, maybe there's another topic that I'm really wanting to dive in, dive into more. Um, that's uh, penal substitutionary atonement, and um, I'm sure some of you. T- that's a that's a really big word. I, I get it. it's a big phrase and. Yeah, I wish we could just um, honestly just uh, 
kind of keep it more simple. But anyway, that's the term that we, we throw around at seminary, and it's um, basically a belief, the person that believes in penal substitutionary atonement, uh, they believe that Christ died for their sin. He became sin. He, he died in the place of the sinner and the wrath of God, uh, a.k.a. that person's sin, the wrath that was supposed to be uh, for the person, the believer, um, was poured out on Christ, on the cross. So that's specifically penal substitutionary atonement. We're going to talk about that and why that's important and it's necessary for the gospel. Now, there are people that deny PSA, penal substitutionary atonement. Um, there's, that, that fire is catching, and it is blazing very, very quickly. So we gotta, we got to hit that topic. We might even play a few you know, portions of interviews or conversations about that topic and, and interact with that, not in a jerkish way, but in a very gracious way where we can talk about these different issues that people are saying. Another thing I want to get on um, is there's a popular pastor um, that has come out with some problematic statements that I think are, and, and his statements are not, I, I don't think are very um, just, oh, it, it's okay, you know, he, he, he means well, yada, yada. His comments, I think, are very problematic and have very dangerous implications. I, he might mean well, I don't know, but um, I'm referring to Andy Stanley and his comments about um, just about hitching our faith, unhitching our faith from the Old Testament. We're going to maybe go through what he said, let him t say it, talk about it, and then us come from a biblical perspective, I think, in my opinion, and uh, talk about that and what ramifications uh, that has. And actually, um, a good a good friend of mine, um, uh, Justin Martindale, who is also doing a few podcasts right now, um, he's doing uh, the Tim Talk podcast and um, Randy's uh, uh, podcast, uh, Cell Street. I forgot the name of it, but um, it might be called Randy's. I don't remember. But anyway, and he's actually going to come on and do a do an episode. Um, we talked about that last night. Um, he. Uh, he he brought up something uh, on my post on Facebook about um, Margaret Sanger, who is the founder of Planned Parenthood. How evil she is, and we'll talk about that a little bit too. I'd like to talk about uh, Planned Parenthood, the, the origins of Planned Parenthood, and none of this is to condemn anyone. I don't want anyone to think, oh, you're just trying to cause controversy or you're just trying to be a jerk. And I really, I really don't want that to come out of this. I want. This is just a conversation. I'm, I'm talking about things I'm passionate about and I think are very important in our culture. Because if we just, you know, if Christians throw these things aside and you know, say, well, there's more important things to worry about. If, if, that, if we do that, I think on these certain topics, I think we're going we're gonna to be in some deep, deep trouble. Um, and so I just think we need to keep having these conversations. So um, that's why we're having them. And, of course, I'm not an infallible source. I can be wrong on any of these things. And, in fact, I'd love to have someone on from a different perspective on each of these issues to come on and talk about this. I have a buddy who denies PSA, penal substitutionary atonement. I'd like for him to come on and talk to us about that. And he's actually also an open theist. So, I mean, there are so many folks that we can probably have on to talk about these things and I really would love to, to have them on. And so we can talk about it, have a conversation about it, and then be uh, just benefited from this conversation. And hopefully 
at least, even if we walk away not agreeing with one another, we will be strengthened in our own position, but um, the, other, the, the other side, the other perspective that we don't agree with, we will understand it more, and hopefully we can interact with it in an even more respectful way in the future. So anyway, all of this to, to say that this podcast is not a debate or a lecture podcast. This is a conversation about different issues. If you're coming here looking for an expert, you better go to a different podcast. I can give you other podcasts that are with men and women that are experts in their field. But um, I will not be an expert. I'm just a someone that has conversations and loves having conversations about these things. I love it. That's why I'm doing this. So, Anyway, um, lastly, before we close up today, I want to real quick... Um, like to actually read to you quickly as I can. Um, hopefully I don't mess this up too much. I want to read to you a story. A story about a girl. A girl that knew Christ. She believed in him and she died for him. And it is a very gut-riching story. It's a story about how she lost her life. So, her name is Blandina. Now, I don't know anyone named Blandina today, but back then I guess Blandina was a common name maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway, it says um, here in this um, excerpt uh, from, and this is, um, there, there, some folks I think, they think Irenaeus wrote this to a church. Um, so this is a letter to a church. Letter of the churches of Vienna and Lyons to the chur- tur- churches of Asia and uh, Fergia. I think that's how you say it. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Like I said, I'm not an expert, okay? So don't expect I'm going to say all these words correctly. So especially like foreign words I'm not familiar with. So anyway, um, so um, it says Blandina. Through whom Christ showed that the things that to men appear vile and deformed and contemptible are with God of great glory on account of love to him, a love which is not is not a mere boastful appearance, but shows itself in the power which it exercises over the life. We were all afraid, especially her earthly mistress, who was herself one of the combatants among the witnesses, that she would not be able to make a bold confession on account of the weakness of her body. But Blandina was filled with such power that those who tortured her, one after the other in every way from morning till evening, were wearied and tired. They admitted they were baffled. They had no other torture they could apply to her. They were astonished that she remained alive. Her whole body was torn and opened up. They said that even one of the forms of torture that she, the forms of torture employed was enough to have destroyed her life, not to mention so many excruciating punishments. But the blessed woman, like a noble athlete, renewed her strength in her confession, her declaration, I am a Christian, and there is no evil done amongst us, brought her refreshment, rest, insensibility to all the sufferings inflicted on her. Now the blessed Pontinus, who had been entrusted with the bishopric of Lyons, was dragged before the judgment seat. So this is a different man, by the way. Um... He was over 90 years of age and very infirm. Though he breathed with difficulty on account of the feebleness of the body, yet he was strengthened by spiritual zeal through his earnest desire to bear his testimony. His body, indeed, was already worn out by old age and disease. Yet his life was preserved that Christ might triumph through him. 
when he was brought by the soldiers to the judgment seat, accompanied by the civil magistrates and the multitude who shouted against him in every manner, as if he himself were the Christ, he gave the good testimony. When the governor asked who was the God of the Christians, he said, If thou art worthy, thou shalt know. Then he was unmercifully dragged away and endured many blows. Those near him struck him with their hands and feet, showing no respect for his age. Those at a distance hurled against him whatever they could seize. All of them thought they would sin greatly if they omitted any abuse in their insulting treatment of him. But they thought that in this way they would avenge their gods. And Pothinus, Pothinus, breathing with difficulty, was cast into prison and died two days later. So that's that's his um, death there. So um, this is the same letter, though, and this is a letter that was written in the early church. I mean, this was a long time ago. This was not like, you know, a decade or two ago. This was uh, a long time ago, very early in the church, in the second century, I believe. But Blandina was hung up and fastened to, to a stake and exposed as a food to the wild beasts that were let loose against her. Because she appeared as if hanging on a cross, and because of her earnest prayers, she inspired the combatants with great zeal. For they looked on this, on this sister and her combat, and saw with their bodily eyes him who was crucified for them, that he might persuade those who trust in him, that everyone who suffers for the glory of Christ is eternal communion with the living God. When none of the wild beasts at that time touched her, she was taken down from the stake and taken back to prison. She was preserved for another contest. By gaining the victory in more conflict, she might make the condemnation of the crooked serpent unquestionable, and she might encourage the, encourage the brethren. Though she was in, an insignificant, weak, and despised woman, yet she was clothed, clothed with the great and invincible athlete Christ. On many occasions she overpowered the enemy, and in the course of the contest had woven for her, herself the crown of the incorruption. After all these, in the last day of the gladiatorial shows, Bladina was again brought in along with Ponticus, a boy of about fifteen years of age. These two had been taken daily to the amphitheater to see the tortures which the rest endured. The authorities tried to force Blandina and Ponticus to swear by the heathen idols, they, but they remained steadfastly refused. So the multitude were furious against them. They had no compassion for the youth of the boy or respect for the gender of the woman. Therefore, they exposed them to every terror and all the terrible sufferings and took them through every round of torture. Repeatedly, they tried to compel them to swear to the idols, but it didn't work. Ponticus was encouraged by his sister. Even the heathens saw that she encouraged and strengthened him. After enduring, after enduring noble, nobly every kind of torture, he died. But the blessed Bladina, the last one left, having like a noble mother, encouraged her children and sent them on before her victorious to the king, endured herself the same conflicts. She hurried on to them with joy and exultation at her departure. It was as if she were called to a marriage supper rather than cast a wild beast. After she had been scourged and exposed to the wild beast and roasted in the iron chair, she was at last enclosed in a net and cast before a bull. She was tossed by the bull, but she didn't feel the things which were happening to her. This was because of her hope and firm hold of what had been entrusted to her in her communion with Christ. Thus, she also was sacrificed. The heathens themselves confessed that never among them did women did woman endure so many and such terrible tortures. So that's it right there. That's the the story of Bladina. Uh, she was a young girl. Um, and it says woman, but you know it's just referring to her, you know, female gender. Um, 
she was a she's a hero of the faith. Um, I think you know um, her story. Um, not that any believer, even when they die in martyrdom, is more special in, in one aspect, but she was just is, is such a great example of faithfulness in Christ. And I think we can learn from that. Not to say that oh, Christians in America we you know, we're persecuted all the time. You know, no, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm just simply saying that um, we can look at Bladina and say, you know what? Doesn't matter what the world thinks. Doesn't matter what they do. Doesn't matter how many stones they throw at me. No matter how many times they pick on me or uh, use terrible language towards me. Even if I'm preaching the gospel and and I there's so many things are being told about me that are are, are terrible and untrue. It doesn't matter. Because we have hope in Christ, and we look forward to that great marriage supper, the last supper with Christ, the great supper that we as believers will all come together in in Christ, unified in Christ, will come together and have a seat at the table and get to enjoy that time with Christ. And um, so I hope that um, through this this testimony you, you can be encouraged to know, you know, that even in, in the midst of persecution, if we ever get to a time in American history where it's that bad, which I don't think it'll be ever get that bad in, in our lifetime like that. I, I just don't, I don't see that. But you know, no, you never know. Um, if it does, that we can stand firm in Christ. That even in the midst of persecution, in the midst of trying times, even when we struggle with doubt, that. Our hope can be fixated on Christ, and He can be our ultimate hope and strength, no matter what. So, that's all I have for for today, folks. It's kind of a short one, I guess. Well, actually, not really, to be honest. 38 minutes. Um, I'm I'm kind of used to um, to, uh, listening to podcasts a lot longer than that. But um, anyway, it feels short. It feels like I took like 10 minutes to do this. But anyway, um... I'm not sure when this is being released for sure. I haven't got a schedule down yet, but um, the next, um, hopefully, um, when you're listening to this next week, um, I'll have a, another another episode released. So be on the lookout for that. Share the podcast if you desire to. If not, all good. Um, rate it on on whatever uh, platform you're you're listening to this on. Rate it. Like I said, share it. Uh, tell your parents about it, or your brother or sister, your friends, family, boyfriend, girlfriend husband, wife, whatever. So um, thank you again for listening to Causey's Conversations. I hope that you have a blessed day and uh, may the Lord keep you um, and bless you throughout this this time in your life and strengthen you as you um, begin to and continue to be sanctified in Him. God bless. <music>